0: Welcome and thank you for joining your lady or girl on Experience Me, a Mawasi Media production, a space where you can experience the experience. Mrs. Mawasi Media, you better know, mm-hmm. you better mm-hmm. be correct. Period, 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 period. This is a second ago, right? Um, I've never said this like aloud. This recent, I had a recent experience with my daughter. She just had like such a bad attitude towards me. And that day just was not a good day for her (laughs) to have that kind of. um,
1: Did you say today's uh, not the day?
0: Let let me tell you. I'm going to tell you what
1: happened. (laughs) Like you already raised them not to feel like they have a worth or a voice to say something. And then you're like, why didn't you say something? Well, every other time you tell me to shut the hell up. (laughs) So is it shut up? Or is it stand up and say something? Go ahead. Sorry. Did you ever no. get beat with a court with, with a belt? All the time, son. Yo, <laughs> no, listen,
0: my mother used to tell me to go get it. And I, like a dummy, I would. You are tripping. I'd be like, here. You tripping. You are tripping. You and all you know tripping. what, D? Thank you for joining me on Experience Me, your lady, your girl Naj here. I have a very good friend of mine. His name is David clinton do you want to be dave or do you want to be david
1: i'm dave but people been calling me david ah
0: something. come on man <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay so i have dave uh yeah. aka david clinton with me welcome welcome to experience me dave
1: i'm glad i'm glad to be here man
0: what's going on what's cracking
1: well it took us a minute but we here now
0: yeah <laughs> we here we here yo major technical Stop. difficulties Stop. but we are here i am so excited to have you. On experience, me. You and I have been talking for several days now about some serious, intense, deep subjects. Uh, we're not going to get all into them uh, today, but I really do. I just want to tell you and the listeners um, that I really enjoy having conversations with you, and I'm actually starting to get to really know you and know how you think and how you click and vibe you have your own podcast as well it's called the art of living um
1: can you tell us what that's about so i kind of wanted like it's kind of like how i think in life like i kind of do like my own exposure therapy kind of like it's something that kind of gives me anxiety or something that kind of scares me i kind of just do it so it was like one of those things i hated public speaking and i figured the best way to kind of do that is kind of like make a podcast and just kind of get over that fear and like as you know because you kind of you're in the same space like when you first do it it's kind of like awkward and it's weird and i hated the way my voice sounded all that stuff but after i did the first episode it was kind of like uh rewarding feeling kind of it kind of felt like it was dope because it was mean and at the time my brother-in-law and uh we just had uh, like a candid conversation and it just snowballed and just something differently and then i was kind of different interviewing different people because i was always kind of intrigued by what people's why is like what's the thing that kind of makes them or makes that light switch flip on so to speak and even me and you had that same conversation of, like why you did why you started to get into radio and podcasting and it's always been interesting to me like why People gravitate towards certain things, and what's the kind of obstacles that they face that kind of like makes that light switch come on? And they're like, I want to do this for life, or they're doing something, and you can tell when somebody's kind of lit up like when they're doing something that's like their passion for something that's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a check.
0: Yeah, it's just passing by. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. So I'm familiar with the art of living. Um, I stumbled on your. F- first episode, and you got really deep, really personal uh, about your life and what you were experiencing. What was the title of that episode?
1: The funny thing, is, I can't remember that episode. I don't remember
0: remember. either. Well, what I remember hearing at that time, you were talking about your thoughts Mm in a moment... Um, in time maybe I think it was like several years ago where you had like a disruption of uh, some kind of mental distortion can you talk to us about that
1: I'm not sure which one you're talking about are you talking about the one where It,
0: it, it I believe it was your very first podcast Dave the very first one
1: so I did a couple of them. So there's one where I was talking, if I remember right, the one I was talking about being approached by undercover cop, is that is nope, that No, that one?
0: wasn't it, I don't think so. Explain more.
1: So there was one when I was talking about basically the trauma of being in certain situational or being in, in, in sort of, I hate the word, but being in a hood kind of speak. And there's certain things that you encounter as a kid. And one of the things that I remember that kind of gave me trauma was seeing an undercover cop, and him kind of putting me in a situation in which he kind of just pulled the car over, and I didn't, I just, this was the first time i have ever seen an undercover cop. I was told about them and how to kind of conduct myself, but when he pulled the car over, all I just heard was like screeching tires and somebody jump out of the car. And then when he came up to me, he was asking me about a situation or a shooting or whatever that took place in in my neighborhood. But I could see across the street were some dudes that basically like gang members, but there were some dudes that I knew and they saw me talking to this undercover and he looked at my eyes and he traced where my eyes were. And I was looking across the street because I knew Mm. I wasn't that versed at that time in in street stuff, but I knew I was in a wrong situation. I knew I wasn't supposed to be talking. How old were you? I probably was like 12. And we was out in the streets back then like that, D. Yo, man, I had to go to the store, man. I am going to get my Chico sticks in my mouth. So I had to go to the
0: store. No, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, but that's the realization of a lot of um, young Black men and older Black men, so to speak. So um, continue.
1: So when he kind of saw that I was looking across the street, mm-hmm. now that I realize he kind of like, he manipulated the situation. So he tried to give me dap, like he tried to shake my hand. And he was like, "What's what's what's the problem like?" And I didn't take his hand because I already I knew like I I felt the the, the tension of the situation. I felt the eyes on me because of, they were looking at me, and he knew they were looking at me. And he was trying to leverage me because if he would have mm-hmm. gave me that then he would have known that I would need protection from him, so to speak, and I would have to come back and give him information. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a chess move, but luckily enough, I was just always. I don't know. I just had like a sixth sense of me. I was aware of a certain situation. And I was like, no, I'm just going to the store. And I kind of like turned off and I kind of walked off on him. Mm-hmm. And I was out of that situation. But that traumatized me because I was that was my first interaction with a police officer. Mm-hmm. And my first interaction is this dude trying to leverage me. So it was kind of like, from there on, it was never a good situation for me in law enforcement. And that was kind of like trauma for me that continue, as you know, being in the hood and being around law enforcement. Not all law enforcement, but it just wasn't a good situation.
0: Yeah, I heard your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <That turned laughs> what made back. you tell that story, though, for, for on your podcast? That wasn't the story that I was talking about, but what made you speak about that
1: experience? Um, I was just trying to be... Like honest about a lot of situations because a lot of people didn't really know me for uh, being in a situ- certain situations. As long-, long story short, like I would be in like corporate America, or I would be around certain crowds, and they would talk about like the hood and how um, law enforcement is not that bad or they- or they don't they don't really see it. So I kind of I wanted to speak on it because people see Who's me. That? People that i work with or or certain people that are outside of my neighborhood that know me that hear me talk and i feel like it was the perception that that i just came from this uh middle class home which i did but i never experienced anything and and i was like they were kind of i feel like they were kind of using me as the example of things don't really, that doesn't really happen to everybody. And I had to kind of really let people, certain people know, like, just because I talk this way and I present myself this way, it's because I can cold switch. It's because I've been taught to do this because I, this is like almost like a second level of survival. Because you have to be this way. You have to be the Black experience in certain situations. So, and I didn't want to perpetuate certain uh Do you have to, go?
0: What do you mean, I mean by you that?
1: You don't. I mean, you don't have to do anything in life. But when you, when you kind of are in corporate America, when you are in certain situations, you feel like you have to, like, you feel like you have to be that experience. Like, and I, and I hear a lot of people talk about that after like hearing about the Floyd and and the Floyd incident and people were kind of like at at work talking about your experience as a person of color. A lot of people would feel like they have to be the experience, like they have to They don't want to be the stereotype and have somebody. And it's in our own mind that's like, oh, we knew it was like that. Or we knew you was like that. So I told that story because it was like after certain things happened in my life, I kind of wanted to be like honest and open about certain situations that happened that it's just normal to us, but it ain't normal for the average person. Like The average person should not see in uh and, and and experience certain things, especially at young ages that I was
0: so thank you for sharing that by the way um but how does that how did that experience and I should add on an s experiences yeah. how does those experiences shape who you are today and how you walk
1: uh a lot of different ways it it shaped me it taught me things that i didn't like and it taught me things that about myself that i do appreciate like things that i don't like is like i felt like i had to assimilate in certain ways because i know i had to to act and be a certain part to be accepted in certain places but I, i i appreciate it because those things molded me like those things like once you go through certain things in, in the neighborhood and 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 you see certain things i don't know like just uh just to put it and i know I, I talk about corporate america a lot just being a corporate american people, it's okay people would be like oh yeah oh you're this person's yelling so i would see somebody yelling at somebody and everyone would be so taken back and i'm like nobody got shot nobody got hurt what are we talking about so it would mold me in the way of like that's a joke. Like, that's nothing to me. Like, somebody yelling in a corporate setting, is just, or somebody getting mad or raising their voice. Like, it was nothing to me. Because I've been so conditioned around so many different things that that was like a day off being in old settings compared to being home or being around the way where somebody might, you might see somebody and they might not make it the next day. Or you might be like, oh, I was just hanging with that person the other day. and, And it's a wrap. So, it makes you kind of appreciate life, but maybe for the wrong reasons too. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting
0: to 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 hear that perspective. Which is not saying that it's uncommon, but just hearing you relay your particular experience of how you um your perspective of that whole experience and how you walk. So the I She's, I know you have your podcast. What else do you what what else do you like to do, D? Like what's your interest?
1: Too many things, man. Um I like reading, golf. Mm-hmm. Um, I produce my boys podcast, uh, the art of doing. Mm-hmm. Um I'm in IT, so I'm into like Wait text. a minute.
0: I gotta stop you for a sec. The art of doing and the art of living, explain yeah. that
1: so his podcast we didn't even talk about this we just both made it and he made the art of doing after i think i made the art of living but the art of doing is kind of like the art of just doing that thing instead of like being into thought and complacency of thought and um and procrastinating he just does things like he made a chicken coop he built a, a chicken coop he's uh built shelves he does um he does a lot of different things where uh he wasn't and just to put it into perspective he just was a dude that was never never ever wanted to be in front of the camera ever mm-hmm. and I knew he was a type of dude that he just had he's one of those guys that just has knowledge of everything and it was like the craziest thing to me I'm like what how do you he's like i would just read books all day he's like i would read as a as, as a kid, he was like, I would read the quantum of physics. and, and But he just have common knowledge of everything, like the body. And he was like, I would just read. If I'm going to a doctor and I have something wrong with me, he's like, I'll study it to make sure that the doctor is actually giving me accurate information. Right. I'm like, dude, that's, that's different. <laughs> you know, like, all right. But I felt it. But I knew he had something to offer people. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where he even talked about him getting shot. And he never talked about that. And him, what? He's, him getting shot. He got oh, shot. Okay. Like it was an botched robbery, and he got shot. And he talked about it on the podcast. But this was a guy that was severe anxiety, never wanted. And I and I totally understand why, because if you got shot, and you know what I mean, you you had to do something to, to protect your life. Like you always think that could happen again, even though it might be like a one out of a million chance. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. to you because yeah, no worries. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not to you because it's a it's trauma. Yeah, trauma is reality to you. But anyway, he made I got him to do a show, so he started doing like shows about different things, you know. And he also trains dogs and stuff like that. So he has dog tips. He has uh building tips. He has like just trivia and like uh like the story backstory behind the people that formed Adidas and they they had beef before and it was like a Puma and they, and they formed Adidas and they were kind of against each other. So. The, the show covers a lot of different stuff, and I kind of, like, helped them produce it, and I edited it, and uh, we kind of like creatively bounce things off each other, and it's, I think we're, like, close to uh, 100 episodes, mm-hmm. so uh, close to 100 episodes Excuse in, me. yeah.
0: What are you reading right now?
1: Bringing Home the Dharma and How to Control Your Mind, I think it is, by, uh, I forgot who it's, I I forgot who it by, but, um. It's
0: a Buddhist type of reading, Buddhism?
1: No, the first one is the Bringing Home the Dharma. Bringing Home the Dharma is Buddhist. Mm-hmm. It's Buddhist. It's based in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And it's wrote by Jack Cornfield. And I got onto that book because I was helping my daughter because she had ADHD at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was trying, and I always, like, I can't, if I don't know enough something enough about something, it frustrates me. And I figured out as, like, as a, being a father, like, Certain actions frustrate me because I don't know about them. And once I know about them, I can have more empathy towards them. So the ADHD was kind of frustrating me. So I kind of read about it. And I read the book. I think it was like The Whole Brain Child or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it said in the book, it was like, some of the times that a child has ADHD, one of the parents are a carrier. Mm. And I was like, do I have ADHD? I thought about it. And then when I got tested, I had ADHD. So
0: so how did how did they figure that out in you?
1: In me, it was a series of tests that they, I think it's like a written exam, basically, that they ask you to check off certain boxes and uh, kind of uh, fill out a questionnaire. But to be honest with you, I always knew since I was a kid, something was different but I didn't know, what way? I just could not pay attention. Like no matter how much I tried, no matter how much I would sit there, I would sit there like I'm going to pay attention. And then like a million thoughts would go through my head. And the only thing, I have a therapist and she was like, so how would you do in school? I was like, I would zone out all the time, but I had a skill of being able to piece together conversations. I didn't have to know the whole conversation but I could jump into a conversation and figure out the gap and figure out what you need me to answer. But I couldn't sit through a whole conversation. And I think that's what kind of like, and I was talking to a teacher probably like freshman year (laughs) and she, she had me after school and she was like trying to kind of tutor me. And she was like, do you, have you ever been tested for like ADHD? Because I remember her like, Hey, pay attention. And then like literally probably like five seconds later i zoned out again and then i zoned out again she's like have you ever been tested and i didn't know what adhd so i, I just left it at that but i mean i, I grabbed the book to kind of help my daughter and mm-hmm. once i started reading up on adhd i read it by this i think it's this psychiatrist that specializes in i read his book and he suggested buddhism for all his clients he didn't suggest medication and i thought that's the stupidest shit in the world like why would you do buddhism if you had adhd and then i got that book by first book like um the buddhisms for beginners i think by jack cornfield mm-hmm. and it made sense it made all the world sense like i like a light switch turned on in my head because mm-hmm. it was so it was me like i never like read something of like the whole principle of Buddhism. And how that's just my personality. I believe in like this, letting people live their life, kind of like having their own. Like, you can gently prod people or you can gently like have empathy and understanding for their shortcomings because their shortcomings are somewhere. It's kind of like your shortcomings, too. It's kind of like you You should, if you have empathy for yourself, you can have empathy for somebody else doing something that you might quote unquote look at it's like why would you do that type of thing mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and buddhism kind of like embodied that it was like no judgment and i it's just something i live by anyway i don't judge people you know it could be like some. you could tell me like oh man i i pushed a kid down the steps by accident I'm like damn that's kind of messed up but I guess understand. <laughs> but, <You're stupid. laughs> what a but, poor example, D. <laughs> yo, man, like I'm yo, just people, do, with you. people do wild shit. But um, it, it was just one of those things where I just I, I vibed with that mm-hmm. that religion because it was kind of like it embodied what I want to live by.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what about uh, the the thing that I would like that I like about Buddhism because I delved into it um so many, many years ago. Um, I haven't really picked up or practiced any kind of Buddhism um, uh, as far as meditation and stuff. but that's I like how disciplined um, people that practice Buddhism or have um, you know Buddhism and I hope hopefully I'm saying it right like a Buddhism spirituality type of of a, of a feel like yeah. the meditation is big for me like just being absent from all this social uh, wherever you are not even just here in this country or here in Massachusetts I'm just talking about just shutting things out and being able to chan, channel into inner you in the in the universe do you feel like that when you're either one reading or if you actually do like sit there and meditate
1: when you stop meditating is the hardest thing in the world man like it's the, it's it's a reason why they call it the monkey brain mm. because it's like so hard to calm your brain down like because you're always going to be thinking like oh man I should just go get something to eat in like three, oh man I should my legs are hurting like you're, everything is going to go through your mind but to answer your question it is when you when you achieve a level of like clarity like and you you're not going to do it all the time but like when you do it that one time it's different it it's almost like turning a computer like you have to reboot reboot a computer at least once or twice a week so it can work efficiently and your brain is the same way like if you don't reboot it it's constantly bombarded with information so it doesn't have a chance to give you creativity and new ideas and mm-hmm. new perspective on things and i think meditation it's like it, it really resets the brain like it really mm-hmm. almost like cleanse like your palate so to speak mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like it, it's it's a game changer. It's just being disciplined enough to, to your word to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: I have to tell you, um, after our conversation last night, yeah, all that stuff we was talking about last night, I had anxiety all day today. I'm not <laughs> even joking. I did not feel myself <laughs> because remember I told you that I felt like I was on a high frequency. Mm-hmm. And that like my brain was so stimulated just from the information that I encouraged myself to indulge in. And not everything was like on a um uh on a negative social level, but I'm telling you, D, I woke up this morning and had severe anxiety. Like, not like I was scared or anything. I could just feel it in my body. I felt like I needed like a meditation moment. And I even told uh, Sade, I told her, I was like, yo, I feel like I have high insides. She was like, why? And I was like, and I told her, but I didn't tell her everything because I don't want to create inside. I didn't even send her that video. So just for the audience, um, I watched this video that came through on my Instagram feed and it was very disturbing um, and it was displaying stuff about our future as a society and throughout the world. So anyway, yeah, that's a little backstory on why I I really do believe that uh, all of our conversation that we was having just kind of stimulated me maybe in the in a different way. But I mean I'm good now, you know.
1: But that's why you should try meditation. meditation. Yeah, well, meditation. yeah. What well, I always meditate reciprocal. in. the
0: But I do meditate in the morning. I do. Um, before I get up, I do have moments to myself before I even look at my phone, before I turn on the TV if I choose to turn on the TV, before I brush my teeth. Anything. That's the first thing I do. I just have a moment and thank God for. Just allowing my eyes to be open,
1: which is I, I salute you for doing that, but not a lot of people do that. To be honest with you, and, and no, I know it's something I try to teach my daughters, but it, mm. both of them, but it's 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 really hard, and they don't really totally get what I'm telling them. So what I tell them is, when you wake up, and mm-hmm. and I'm don't get me wrong, I still look at I look at Instagram because I'm into like trying to create content and stuff like that but i don't i don't jump up and look on my instagram and the reason being is that like you said your energy you didn't tell your daughter about your situation because you didn't want to transfer that energy to her yeah absolutely. so the same, the same thing happens when you pick up your phone and you see a post by me and it might be some i don't know some radical type of thought so now you are taking on my thoughts. You're not even taking on your thoughts. You started your day with my thoughts. And now energy transfers. It's like It could be the same way. It's like you might see somebody talking and they smile and you smile for no reason. It's because that you're, you're kind of mirroring what they're giving you. And that's the same thing from like starting your day with something that somebody else posts that they might have been in a bad mood or whatever mood you are now going to mirror that thought and that's what your day is going to start off with. So that's why it's kind of important to kind of start with your own thoughts by, like meditating. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's that's why I try, not try, I do um, complete a lifestyle that is free of drama, that is free of people that are, that expressed some kind of ill intention to me um yeah if i feel that kind of vibe you gone you gone I and i don't i don't care it could be family it could be someone that i've known for 20 25 years it could be someone that i've known for two weeks that's just not something that i'm going to allow in my life because i i was there years ago and it's so destructive yeah, it's, it's so destructive. And I know you're the same way, too. you like to be around positive energy. Actually, since I've known you, since I've met you, what, uh, maybe about 10 years ago?
1: Maybe longer than that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know of you. And I'm not saying you've never had any bad energy. Sometimes, you know, uh, we allow people that don't deserve to be in our lives to come in and change our frequency. But once you're aware of that you gotta eliminate it like immediately so i don't play with that
1: i I I really don't i was about to say you like the bill belichick yo you cut you cut it off fast
0: yeah listen but you know i (laughs) had to learn how to do
1: that (laughs) he was like family friends go ahead
0: yeah i don't play and i don't care if anybody gets upset about it oh and yeah listen i don't care you're not meant no, but I'm not I don't allow anybody to mess with my
1: headspace. Do they get chances? Or is it just like nah you out of here? Like
0: Um, I would say no.
1: No, no. chance. God damn No.
0: <laughs> no. It it
1: Heads are rolling.
0: Especially, well, put it this way, especially if it's done intentionally. I know people make mistakes, mm-hmm. but if it's done intentionally, naughty, Mm-mm. Because once, I mean, what was it, Maya Angelou? When people show you who you who they are, believe them. I mean, that statement is absolutely true. You have to believe it. And, and if you don't, if you ignore it, it's just gonna come back. It's just gonna keep coming and coming and coming.
1: So. So, do you feel like you were always that way, or does something push you that way?
0: I think. Yes, I would have to say yes, but I say that with a pause because (laughs) I've always had this exterior or this somewhat of a guard, even when I was younger. But I allowed certain circumstances to pass through. But once those circumstances and experiences became more challenging and it started affecting my mental stability that's when my guard just went way up and i had to protect myself knowingly or unknowingly and hence um yeah how i am today if that makes makes sense
1: no it makes sense i kind of already knew the answer but like I just wanted to see cuz usually I you know me I always feel like it boils back to some type of trauma. Like there's some type of thing that makes you develop that that thick skin. So Well,
0: I, it, I wouldn't say that not every I did have trauma, but not every it wasn't it didn't start out as trauma. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it could be just someone that was mean to me. They would say something um, that was mean to me, or they would hit me, or um someone, male or female, would disrespect me and I would let it go for whatever reason, like much earlier in life. But then I realized how um how it started affecting me and it just Perpetuated even more and more. And they felt like because I let it go so many times, it kept happening. Like, oh Naj is, is she she's cool with this. She let me get by the the last time. That's why when you just asked me, do you let it go? No. If it's done intentionally to me, no.
1: I mean, I agree, but I definitely feel like the. I guess maybe trauma is a strong word, but I definitely feel like there's there's things that I go through that are similar to what you're saying. Like I remember growing up, and and I'm I'm from a Indian family, so I am too. Kids, you don't get to talk like that's not an option. Like you don't have a point of view. Like my kids now, they get to talk and say, and they're like, you don't let me talk. I'm like, dude, I didn't get to say shit like it was just orders. <laughs> it was just orders giving. I know, right? And that was it. Like it was no like let's stay let's hear about your feelings. Like how do you feel about what I told you? So I never had a voice, which was good and bad. Cuz I learned how to just follow orders, but I learned how to follow orders and not challenge people because they were an adult. And sometimes I'll be in situations where I need to challenge somebody whether it be like a oh. guidance counselor that Told me I don't need to fill out college applications in my junior year, of high school, basically telling me like you ain't gonna you ain't going to college anyway. So I remember not being able to talk. So once I was like, you know what so I was able to talk, like 1920, like I was no one was gonna tell me what to do or how to do or not to do, but it all came from a standpoint of I didn't have a voice. So when I had a voice, I was quote unquote kind of abusing it because I wasn't listening to no one. versus someone giving me a voice but it still felt like a little bit of trauma like where it was i didn't have a say like I, I knew i didn't have a say and it didn't feel good so when i did have a say it was like yo you ain't telling me shit. like i don't care i'm not doing that so you know i, I, think it's you, sir, time.
0: I, w- I was smiling just a second ago right um i've never said this like aloud this recent i had a recent experience with my daughter for the most, I'm very respectful to my daughter. I've never put my hands on her. Yeah, I may have yelled at her um, at times when I was upset, right? But I tried my best to keep that at a minimum, because I know how destructive that can be, especially to a young girl. My daughter's is now, she's now, well, she'll be 21 soon. But D, I'm telling you, I had a bad moment with her one day. Like she was just, she just had like such a bad attitude towards me. And that day just was not a good day for her (laughs) to have that kind of um.
1: Did you say today's uh, not the day?
0: Let let me tell you, I'm gonna tell you what happened. (laughs) Yo, D. And I kept telling her, I was like, yo, today. You're working it right now. You're really, work- I'm really trying right now. My my hands were like, yeah. like this, you know what I'm saying? Not like yeah. I would ever put my hands on my daughter. I've never laid my hands on my daughter. But that day, she said something to me. And I was like, yo, today, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know what she said? What? She looked at me and she said, you shut the fuck up, D. Oh, I just.
1: Son, <laughs> shit went
0: down. <laughs> no. Now. Yeah, I was like, yo, I looked at my daughter. I was like, did she just give me back what I gave? D, I couldn't even say anything. I taught her to do that. I taught her That's interesting. To not be so disrespected by anyone. So I literally shut the fuck up.
1: You a mature as shit. Huh? You mature. Like that's a mature thing. I'm not that. No, mature. but D,
0: how am I gonna Teach her not to be disrespected, because it was disrespectful what I said. I was having my own moment in my head and I was dead serious. Like dead, because she was like, meh, 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 meh. I was like, yo, it just, it was just too much for me at that moment. I was like, yo, for real? I said, today, shut the fuck up. She said, you shut the fuck up. I was like, oh shit. You, I just you. sat there and I, D, I was boiling. I wanted to say something so bad. I was like, Naj, don't even do it. Because she's in a moment in her time, um, in her life right now, where she's really um, commanding her own voice. And who would I be? Who would? It would not be fair, even as her mom, regardless of her response to me, that I initiated. Who am I to tell her, don't say that to me?
1: Yeah, listen. I I applaud this just this, this, this adult. It was this adulting. This is adulting at its listen, height. Listen, right? I have
0: an extremely um a very good relationship, actually a great relationship with my daughter. She calls me every day, and we flush things through with uh her goals, some of the issues she may have at school. You know what I mean? Um. So I, we both have a, a high level of respect for each other. And I have to be able to give that back to her, even if I don't agree that she said that to me, because, you know, I came out of my mouth and, uh, you know, I I was disrespectful to her. You know?
1: Hats off to you. What what would you have done? <laughs> I'm not sure this is that type of show. So do you think, oh but... but <laughs> I'm not sure this is that type of show. But um what would I have done? Listen, I'll tell you in the past before I changed. Yeah. If you were to talk to my, my middle, she would do she would still do my voice today. She'd be like, Listen, I'm not having that shit today. Like you I'm not your little goddamn friends. Like that's how our conversations <laughs> used to go. Mm. Because she would just take it to a level. Like she knew she knows how to push buttons. So she would take it to the level and it would only happen like one side of a blue moon, and she knew she couldn't like really get to me. So when she did get to me, she was like, "Oh, I got him." So it was, she just caught me at the wrong day. Like like you said, it was just the wrong day. I wasn't usually. I'm, I have restraint. We, we
0: all have those. Moments.
1: Usually, I could like talk it through. I could be like listen. Right now, you're frustrated and you're trying to get my attention in the wrong way. I pull out my little strategies and pull on my little therapist hat. Not that day. Today, I was like, "Yo, you're gonna get all the smoke." Like if you want that smoke, we can do this today. But after I kind of talked to her and I saw her kind of um, shrink,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, that wasn't the respect I wanted. Like, I wanted to respect, but I didn't want the type of respect that was, like, flinching, like, I'm scared of you. Like, physical almost. So, and I know kind of, like, I'm her first relationship. So if I am talking to her in that way i can't be mad if she go find a dude that talks to her that way
0: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. so to your point i had to come back and apologize for that and be like that's not how a man's supposed to talk to you that's not how things are supposed to go i lost my um i lost my cool because i had a bad day and it's not an excuse i I wasn't in control of my emotions and my emotions got the best of me so i think that day kind of created a different bond with us Because she was used to getting talked to, or I forget what the terminology is. Like instead of being having a conversation, you kind of talk down to your kid. So that day we had a conversation, Mm -hmm. and I think after that it kind of like spurred our relationship to where it is today, where we're kind of like we we talk things too. Like it went from screaming matches to like I dad that. I shouldn't have did that like that was wrong and then like all right cool that's all I really want just tell me something happened and I'll tell you if I did something I'm like hey look that wasn't right like I shouldn't have handled it like that that's not how a person's supposed to be so our relationship's kind of dope so I ain't mad at it
0: isn't that beautiful like amazing even when I even when Sade said that to me D in my my first reaction was like yo did she? Re- I just looked at her and was like, yo, did she really just say that? But part of me was like, yes, finally. Like, use your voice to command respect. You know what I mean? But D, my hand, my hand was going like this.
1: The back hand?
0: Yeah, but I would never do I would never do. I, listen, I Mm. I It was an intense moment. But then when I really thought about it, I'm like, Naj, you taught her this. You literally taught her this. And then I thought about if a guy told her to shut the fuck up and she didn't say anything. Or if she did say it back to him and he backhanded her. You know what I mean? I don't want her to feel like she can't stick up for herself, regardless of me being her mom. And I was in the wrong. I didn't tell her that.
1: I mean, but. <laughs> every everybody has a day. Let me ask yeah. you this: like, yeah. how did how does your parent your parents feel about your parenting?
0: Um, those,
1: I guess I'm asking in those moments where it's because I have a I have a follow up, but I just want to know if your parents feel like you. Well, let's tell me how your parents feel about your parenting in they those moments.
0: They don't don't. have a say in my parenting. My mother will give me some advice. My mother has very old school way of thinking, which I do respect, but sometimes her ways are not effective for today's kids, today's young adults. It's a whole different time from when she was born or even from when I was born and when I was a young adult. You know these kids are have a lot more going on upstairs. You know what I mean? They're they're Ooh. fighting depression. They're fighting um, these irritations like the ADHD and uh, uh, bully and all these social pressures that they have. You know, so um, it's just different the way that you have to monitor for one, mm-hmm. and the way that you approach. Uh, children, your child, or children today. It's a completely different beast, completely different. But I will say that it's very interesting to watch her grow. If I didn't have a child, if I didn't have my daughter, I would be less aware of what's going on in the world, unless I decided to like indulge in it myself. She comes home and she shares little things with me. So um I think I would know, actually, anyway, because it's just my personality, just how I am. I like to know um, my surroundings and socially what's going on. So I think I would know. Um, What's the exciting part is, is that me and Sade are actually like, she's my daughter, but she's also my friend. And I know a lot of her friends. Not saying that her friends are my friends, but they've embraced me. Um, As one and of their- they take my advice. Yeah, they be all over here. They be chilling. I have them laughing, or sometimes I be serious, and I just kick like some serious knowledge with them. And um, they respect that, you know. So it's cool. It's cool being a mom, but I'm I'm kind I'm, I am disturbed. Um, about what's going on socially in the world. And I've talked to you in great detail about that.
1: You out there like Wu-Tang kicking the truth to the young Black youth, huh?
0: Yeah, sometimes (laughs) I get a little bit too strong in the throat. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I can be, um, yeah, but that's that's, that's that passion that comes in about my beliefs and my care. You know what I mean?
1: Now that's good, though, man. Like, I mean... If I could go over to a friend's house at a, at a, at that age and get some game, that's that's good. But I think I asked you about that because I, I know as as being a West Indian, I definitely felt there was definitely family members Like, you you just let your children talk to you like that. You just let them address it. I'm like like what? He <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> what do you mean? So my kids, were, I would I let my kids ask questions, but in in my culture, like kids asking questions is almost disrespectful. It's not disrespectful to me if they're like, but why do I have to clean up my room? I I mean, I could easily be like, because I said so and I'm your parent. And I, but I would explain to them like, because look at how I keep my room. Look at how I keep my surroundings. Why would I let you keep your surroundings like that? That's not even productive. It's not even good for you. Like if, you, if you're in a, a surrounding where everything has a place, and everything has some place to go. Your mind, if if it's a messy room, your mind is, is working even when you think it's not working because it knows those things that's on the floor has a place. So now you're taking mental brain power that you don't even know and you're expelling it on something that's just a mess. So that's why I need you to clean up your room. And then now you have a reason. Like if, even if you wanted to, to, to arguing the one up thing, like well I feel like it's my body or whatever the hell you want to say. I at least gave you an explanation. Around the second or third time, I'd be like, yo, because I said so. (laughs) Then you gotta go clean up your shit.
0: I never understood why our parents, I think this is what I'm hearing from you, why our parents told us to do something and if we questioned it, number one, you couldn't ask the question like you're saying, or two, because I said so. Like what? That makes no sense how are you supposed to love, grow and learn you know what i mean you got to give some kind of explanation i think d you know
1: it's context man but it you feel like and, and it's it's sad but i feel like not all but some western year parents feel like you're a child and because you're a child you don't have rights and if you're raising someone exactly that you you're telling them they don't have rights right that's what you're raising like someone right is not that doesn't it doesn't feel like they have a voice or a will to say things so if something wild happens like somebody gets touched or somebody gets hurt like you already raised them not to feel like they have a worth or a voice to say something and then you're like why didn't you say something or every other time you tell me to shut the hell up so is it shut up or is it stand up and say something so i always was conflicted and sometimes i really would generically have a question like but why though because i tell you to do it and i don't need you i'm like i understand but i don't i'm really being honest with you i don't understand why you're asking me to do this so if you you ever go ahead sorry did you ever get beat with a court with, with a belt all the time son (laughs) no, <laughs> listen,
0: my mother used to tell me to go get it, and I, like a dummy, I would. You are tripping. I'd be like, here. Yeah.
1: You tripping. You are tripping. You, you,
0: and are all, you know tripping what, D? The thing, you know, my, with all due respect, I love my mom. It, it was just a West, it's a West Indian thing. It's a culture thing. I don't, there's nothing bad feelings about it. But my mother has seemed to have taken that out of her memory. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember telling you to oh, go hell get yeah. the the, yeah. the belt. Like what? Yeah, well I do and I got the scars to show you. But I don't have any scars. But um yeah, all of a sudden she she that's gone from her memory. <laughs> of course. I've never done that to
1: you. <laughs> she my mother. But I d I didn't talk like that. I'm like, you used to say all the time. Like if I get the better, I'll cut your ass and I, you know, I'll finish Wait, killing.
0: Where, where are you from? Trinidad. Oh, you Trini. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, right. She she was saying. I know a
0: few um, Trinis.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're skilled, they're skilled in the art of a belt.
0: Oh, it's the same <laughs> thing as Bayesians, Barbados. I, I get it.
1: So. But to your I point, one thing I heard, and I was listening to TED Talk, and mm-hmm. I stopped saying it after. And, sh- and she was like, We talk about. We talk to our kids like, why did you do that? And we don't teach them how to think, but we're asking them what. No, the question was like, what were you thinking when you did that? That was, and that was one of my things. Like, yo, what the hell were you thinking? Like, why did you do that? And she's like, you ever asked yourself, did you teach them how to think? Like, how are you asking them what were they thinking? Did you teach them how to think? Like, did you teach them? create a problem solving before you ask them. Maybe it's you because you didn't teach them to create a problem. So I was like, damn, that is, that is deep. That's one thing. And another, another thing I'll speak to a woman that was an educator and she was like, you know why I don't beat my kids? And I was like, wow, she's Cape Verdean. She's like, because the reason why I don't beat my kids is because the slave masters made us beat our kids to keep them in place. So not only were the slave masters beating them, your parents would beat you so you would stay in uniform. She's like, I refuse to do the slave masters bidding.
0: I think that's where it comes from. I think that uh, that psychological damage, even so many years, it's been like a generational type of a tradition. That's why I swore I would never touch my daughter. Like, I don't believe in that. I mean, I know there's, there are people that I know that do that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand it. And when I watch, I forget this doctor, um, I forget his name, but he was talking to DMX because DMX was abused. He was beaten by his mom, like pretty bad. And he admitted hitting his children to discipline them. And the doctor, I wish I could remember his name, Who was on a show that DMX was on. The doctor was explaining to DMX that that changes the chemical imbalance in your head, in a child's head when you do that. Mm. It changes them psychologically. Mm-hmm. And my, outside of that, my personal thought on that is what right do I have as a parent Just because I'm a parent and I'm older to put my hands on that child when they, they're, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? They have no way to defend themselves. And that goes back to me not saying anything to my daughter after she told me to shut the fuck up. Like, what right do I have to tell her, don't talk to me like that when I just spoke to her like that?
1: Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I'm not, and 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 to put it out there, if if you discipline your child, that's that's what you do. I I ain't mad at you. You do what you want to do. But for me, that didn't make sense because, and I say it all the time, that's the easiest thing you could do is come home and whoop a kid's ass. It's easiest thing you could do. What does it solve? What does it solve? It's easy, Naj. Like I'll tell you what it solves, right? So the reason why my father would come home with my ass, he didn't been at work for like eight hours. He done told me seven times, hey, when I get home, you need to be home, bro. Mm-hmm. And I'm not listening. And the easiest thing to do is put hands on me because then the pain the pain and the trauma of that is going to hopefully prevent me from doing that again. I'm going to think about the ass whipping before I do that again. But what really would help for, for this is why I feel like it's it's easy because you it's not too much work. You just put a beat up, pull the belt out, you beat the person, blah, blah, blah. It takes more work to influence someone. It takes more worth to get the buy in. And I related to there's managers that like there's still people. And I think it's getting phased out now that feel like you just come in and yell at people. You, you keep people on edge. And you 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 keep that tension, and that's how you manage people. That works for a little limited time because at some point, you're going to do something messed up, and somebody underneath you is going to find that opportunity to nail you to the cross. That's all,
0: hostil- that's all hostility, though.
1: Correct. But the people that get the buy-in, the managers that I have that are great managers that get the buy-in, that be like, yo, I want you to win because if you win, I win you have more loyalty to that person. If something happens to that person, you'll protect that that manager. If they need you to come in on the weekend, you're going to be like, "Yeah, because that person's cool. They you feel like that person has an investment in you." I look right. at the same way as kids. If the kids feel like they got a if they feel like, "Yo, you really value what I what I say, like you value how I feel." And sometimes I'm going to still have to make a decision, but at least you know Seven out of ten times. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to understand. I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to voice how I feel. I'm going to voice my fears. I'm scared sometimes. Sometimes I don't have the answers. They feel like, OK, you're normal. You're a human being. I think there's more influence and there's more longevity in that than me coming on whipping your ass. Because they said I heard a little girl say you can judge a parent by how many times the kid comes back after an adult. Wait, what? Repeat that? You can <laughs> judge a parent by how many times a kid comes back home when they're an adult. Whether they, like, if they come and visit and hang around you, like how your daughter comes to hang around you mm-hmm. is a testament that she felt valued by you as a human. Like, she felt like you were you were a person that saw her and valued her versus if you whip the ass all the time, she comes to you every now and then. Because you really not somebody she really wants to hang around like that. Based mm-hmm. on the relationship. So she was basically saying, like, if you're a dope parent, the person's gonna wanna come back and hang around you because your personality, the way you felt, the way you made them feel, you added to them, versus, yo, know, I know this person's my parent, but I really don't like them like that. It was they cool, they they raised me, they put room um woman board over my and and they helped me raise person i am but i really don't want to be around i can't father being around that person
0: right right i was going to say something to you um oh just to kind of tie up the whole beating thing i want to just express this thought that i challenged my mom and other people when i um heard or saw them hit their child when they felt like it was right for them to do. Like, I'm not judging anybody, but I would make them think the reason why you are hit it. I, Cause I would ask them what, what makes you think that you have the right to do that? Because they shouldn't be doing this and this and that. If I don't do this, they're not going to learn. That would be the average response. Mm-hmm. So then I would say to them, so if that's, the reason why you do it, mm-hmm. when you're beating your child, for the most part, and I'm going to exclude the people that I'm talking to, but anytime I've seen someone, uh, a, a parent hit their child, what do you see, D?
1: Anytime you see a parent hit your child? Yeah, it, like it, what... It's usually, when, the, I feel like, and I I'm, I'm, i don't have the statistics to prove it. I feel like the kid gets handsy, too. And no, it's,
0: it's not even about statistics. I'm saying, like, have, okay, first of all, have you ever seen a parent beat their child? Yeah. Okay. So when you saw that action happen, mm-hmm. what did you see in the parent, and what did you see in the child being hit?
1: I saw fear in the child and rage in the parent.
0: Exactly. That's why it doesn't work. It's not even about. This is what I feel. It's not even the reason that you gave because it's discipline, so they don't do it again. Yeah, you, you you have like rage. You want to get that rage because you're personally affected how that, what that child did or said. So it's not even taking the place of that. This is what I believe. It's not even the concept that the child is actually learning you've made the child fearful not it's not a learning experience anymore
1: it never listen if if does that make sense did i say it right yeah i think i did you you said it perfectly but to your point if there is fear in the air Uh and adrenaline the brain the 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 you're no longer talking. You're no longer accessing the part of brain with his learning.
0: Exactly.
1: It's now fight or flight.
0: Exactly. So there, so
1: there is no learning going on in fight or flight. It's just survival. So if you I, really, I think it's on wanna...
0: both sides, though. I and maybe not. Yeah, but, I think it's. I think it's experienced on both sides.
1: But if you're beating, does that make like, sense? Not it doesn't it? I mean, it's more, maybe
0: not those words, but that person is actually experiencing an opposite effect of that, right? Maybe not fight or flight. Well,
1: the kids I, is in fight or flight. In his mind, is this is his brain is yeah, telling maybe him. Maybe it's
0: not for the parent,
1: but for the parent, I think it's just rage and in, in getting, getting that off your chest, like getting that like it's almost like a release for you, but
0: it's almost like they feel trauma for the kid. They feel. They feel like they failed because that's not what you were taught. That's not what that parent taught them. So that's what that rage is to me that's coming out. That you feel um like you didn't do your job right. And nobody's perfect. So you're gonna have a child that messes up. But and you're... Go ahead.
1: You're speaking from a very high level though. Like, I mean, that's why I, yeah, I don't
0: know any other way. <laughs> I don't know any other way.
1: Because I'm telling you, because that's what kind of like Buddhism done for me. Like, it's kind of like where you to your point, there's certain things that Noella would do or my middle will do. And I now have to stop myself. Like, why am I mad that she's doing this? I'm mad she's doing this because I do this. And I feel like if she keeps doing it, I'm, I'm 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 actually mad at myself. Like, I'm actually mad because I see myself and her actions that she's doing. And instead of just being empathy for her, I want to discipline her. But instead of me just being like, you know what? That's me. And that's a lot of parenting. Like, a lot of parenting comes from the sense of you being able to get out your ego and be like, you know what? I need to have some empathy for this person, that judgment. Like, I failed. I failed is almost, I don't want to say narcissistic. Like, but it's, it's, it's a weird way to parent if you think about it, because it's just a teaching moment. It's not a moment I told you this minute. You, if if you feel like I told you something a million times, maybe you're not expressing it in a way that's digestible to the kid. You got to think about how you're relaying you're relaying the message. Like maybe you're relaying the message fucked up. So it might be you. Right,
0: and, and I think that it's it's most most commonplace in black homes because of what we have to deal with socially anyway, and what we've dealt with maybe um, traditionally in our homes, right? Like when you were talking about the the slave mentality, yeah. you know, that that happening, that happened back then. It's like just, yeah. It's like a domino effect.
1: So it's easy for me to say if if I'm a single parent and I got three kids. That's enough. But listen, it's, it's really hard to be like, okay, let's do our strategies now. Listen, you shouldn't have did that. Like I'm gonna come home and I might want to wring somebody's neck. Somebody's neck might had to get wrung that day. Cause you coming home, you it's three kids, you are working probably two jobs, and it, all that energy and all that affection you would have if you just was working one job or if you had two parents somebody take that 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 type of uh pressure off you yeah. you'd have more of that fortitude to have an open mind that okay this is a kid you need to be handled a certain way we need to talk about this. You don't have that when you you're trying to make you trying to keep the lights on man like it's just it's a different conversation
0: well, that's what I'm saying all those different um uh variables can be attached to it. Listen. Mom, don't hate me. Don't hate me. I still love you. I still love you. <laughs> you shouldn't have beat me though. Yeah, okay. I've had this conversation with her many times and I joke about it at the table. So okay. I don't even yeah, it's yeah. And it's not like I got beaten all the time, but one beaten is enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. And I was a good ass kid, D. I was a good kid, kid. I didn't need to be eaten. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Hey. Yeah, yeah how you looking at camera, with
0: <laughs> Nah, for real. I was a good kid. And yo, no I was good a loving, kid
1: No good kid ever kid. says I was a good kid.
0: No, I really was. I really was. You wouldn't have to say it if you was a good kid. <laughs> no, I real D, I really was. I'm honestly the way okay. that you see and hear me today, is how I was back then. I'm just more outgoing with it. I've always been silly. I've always had a serious side. I've always, even when I was younger, I used to, and I don't know if it's because I'm left-handed or I, I don't know what it is, but I've always had this perspective of, I never look at things from the surface. I'm always scratching. Like I told you, I'm always, at the plates, like underneath the Earth's crust, that's where I am. That's where, that's where the flare up is. I'm not outside of it socially looking at. It. I'm looking like, like underneath where those plates are rubbing together and causing that earthquake. And you know, I, yeah. See, now I just went. All right, I'm. I'll dial it back.
1: You can. You can. You can <laughs> go there. You want, we can be under. We could be at the Earth places. That's where you won't be at. I ain't mad yeah. at you. But what yeah, what made so, you what made you curious like that? Like what made you look at things from a from that deep of a level? Like when did you start doing that?
0: Michael Jackson's coming to mind right now.
1: Michael Jackson is coming to mind. I would have never thought that. But go ahead. Please explain. No, honestly,
0: on that. and <laughs> I told you a brief story about my on-air experience. I'll share that in a second, but the Yo, reason why I say Michael, well yeah.
1: I have to attribute